0: Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm Carlene Savage, conflict resolution expert, founder of the Savage Theory of Resolution, and your host. And on topic today, ooh, this is a good one. Why is it so common that people don't get along with their in-laws? Right? Why is that such a thing? It is so common not to get along with your in-laws that people make jokes about it, universal jokes, and everybody gets it. Everybody gets the joke. And then my thought goes to, and I'm going to walk you through kind of how I process some things, how I, and that can create resolve. So it's, the reason I'm going to share this is because this is such a universal problem. People get it. um, But we look at it and think because it's universal, we can't resolve it. We can't solve it. There's no getting through it. But there is, there is. And I have, look, (laughs) I have my own in-law issues. And I'm going to use that and share that so that you understand kind of where the the mind can go when you're looking for resolution. Are we looking for resolution? Mm, That's a whole nother thought. So my in-laws knew me before, um, early when I was 16 or 17, they knew me. Um, and that's a whole nother dynamic. If they know you as a youth, when you're dumb, stupid, but you're bright and willing and wanting and desirable and ambitious. And, you know, you have visions of sugar plums, right? No, you have visions going through your head. Um, and you do foolish things when you're young and in love and passionate. And, you know, all of those chemistry things are moving and you do stupid things. So that's a whole other element. But when I, when they realized that I was going to, going to kind of be a thing. <laughs> They were none too happy, none too happy about that. And um, one of their biggest issues, at least the one that they vocalized, and did you hear what I said? At least the one they vocalized. Could there be others that they didn't vocalize? Absolutely. But the one that they vocalized is that I was Mexican. Now I'm not Mexican. I'm a Hawaiian, um, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Are is culture a thing? That could divide families. Absolutely, there are differences in cultures. There are, you know, blending different cultures. Not just that is, do I know the experiences that they had with those cultures? My understanding is, is that they were upstate New York. They didn't have a lot of Hispanics there. They had Italians and African American, and <clears throat> so much so, I was so much outside of their expectation or their norm. Um, forget that I was Hawaiian and there's even less Hawaiians, but what is so outside their norm is that they, they didn't even know what to do with this culture. They didn't understand it. Now, that's what I am saying. What they said is you're Hispanic and the way, the tone in which they said it. And when I'd say, no, I'm Hawaiian, they would, they would adamantly deny that I knew what I was talking about. And so that can become a thing. And at the time I'm 16, 17 years old. And a lot of parents of that day did not believe that youth of that day were very smart, very bright. And what I mean by that is you had parents, it was a very common thing for parents to go to their, say to their kids, you don't know what love is. You don't, how can you know what love is? And That couldn't be farther from the truth, but 30 something years ago, that was the understanding. So are we fair to the history? Are we fair to kind of the rules of thumb today? We would be irate. We would pass all sorts of judgment and we can if we want to, but I don't know how helpful that is. And so as I was processing now, believe me, back in that day, I didn't hold a grudge about that because I, I didn't. Um, I didn't grasp the whole culture thing and I was just who I was and that was all there was to it. I was unapologetic about it. It wasn't that I was fighting or defending. I didn't know. I didn't know to be unapologetic. I didn't know to be apologetic. I didn't have any idea. I walked around with with my head kind of in the clouds when it came to cultures but it's there and it's a real thing and can it divide families? Absolutely. They didn't know what to do with this. Um, in my view. And where do I get that from? Because we went to church. I met my husband at church, or kind of met him. (laughs) He was just in the same class. But it was interesting because once he was there for a few weeks, he, when we, you know, he came up to me and he said, so what are you? So what are you? Now, his way of humor was kind of these backhanded insults and at that time also in your youth, I didn't know to be hypersensitive. I didn't know to be sensitive. I didn't know. I didn't know. That just wasn't the thing. And and not that it would be if I took offense to it. I'm not saying that that is offensive or sensitive or hypersensitive. I'm just saying I didn't have any tactile, tactile sensitivities to that because I didn't know I should. I didn't know. It wasn't in me. It didn't feel it. And so I didn't want, you know, I didn't, I didn't try and make something up out of it. I wasn't even offended. I was offended that she didn't believe me, that his mom didn't believe me. I was offended about that. But then what ensued is over the course of that is his sisters started treating me very, very poorly. They would call me horrible names. They would, when I called because we didn't have cell phones back in that day, Um, when I called, you know, they would hang up, they'd laugh at me. They'd, they'd say horrible things to me and then laugh and never give him the message. Um, or if he was there, he, you know, they wouldn't let him have the phone. I mean, it was just crazy stuff like that. So, so when you look at that, those are all the in-laws, right? When we got older and we did get married and we did get together, he was very attached to his mom. And, and I thought, I think that's great. Um, I don't know that I thought it was great back then. And I don't know that I had a lot of thought about his attachment back then, except for the fact that you don't sneak around on me, right? Um, And I remember one time we went over there for dinner and we had two children at the time. We went over there for dinner and we'd sit in the living room and they all congregated in the kitchen. I went into the kitchen, they all congregated in the living room. And I saw that as super offensive. And now just looking back on it, did they even know? I mean, I know that when I cook dinner, people start to congregate. When I move around the house as the mom, people start to congregate. And when when your other kids are close to you, they start to congregate. So was it something that was against me or not? I don't know. But there was a division. So how are we finding these, this common thing to be, um, divided from in-laws? I really do think there's an element here. I was listening to, um, a gal and on TikTok or whatever, and she was talking about how much she loved her daughter-in-law. She says, I love her. She's wonderful. I'm so glad she's here. She goes, but it's no joke when you have to let go of your son that's what she was saying uh, did i ever consider that as a 20 year old did i ever consider it might be freaking hard for mom not to be in the one not, not to be in the number one spot i remember with my in-laws my husband was trying to reconcile something he went to where his mom was um who happened to be working for another family member so it was in this big warehouse he walked in they were talking And, and, um, they weren't finding a a resolution, whatever they were talking about. And then she started swirling, hurling these insults at him. And they were personal, private insults that only moms know about their boys. It's those kinds of insults that only moms know about their boys. And so she started flinging that. And I got offended because I thought, Ooh, Wow, I'm a mom of two, and you're telling secrets now. You're telling secrets that he had no control over you knowing. And now you're going to hurl those at him because you're angry about something else. And so I stepped in the middle, which, okay, guys, that is another thing about division of in-laws. I could very easily sit on my side and go, you did this. You, you insulted your son, which I did at the time. And I said, "You're not going to do that to him." And I stand stood in the middle. Now, in the the society that we are in now, a lot of people might applaud me and go, "That's right, stand up. They, you don't have to take it anymore." But then, at this, on the other side, is anybody saying this is probably breaking that woman's heart that her son is yielding to the wife and not the mom? When history proved he yielded to mom. He went to mom with his confidences. He went to mom when he needed something. He went to mom when he wanted to talk or really talk about something. And now she was no longer in that position. And most of us new married women we don't want them in that position. We want to be the one that they come to. We want to be the confidant. We want to be the person they share with. We want to be the person that we could. We're there when they cry, right? We want to be that person. And when I was watching this mom on TikTok, it was like, yes, see again, how, how do we misunderstand? So if that woman who was sharing on TikTok, if her daughter-in-law saw that, would she be insulted? Or would she feel like, ah, oh, I get it. Oh, tell me more. Or is there anything that we can do? When you're the younger in the party, you, you don't have the wisdom. And, you know, back in that day, they could have had the wisdom to, to step up. And say, hey, this one's breaking my heart. But you don't do that with the foreigner coming in, right? The new daughter-in-law coming in. you It's so hard for people of that day. They had incredible pride. And I mean pride not as in, um, like as in, um, they had pride like being stoic. Not talking about their issues. Not saying anything about the problems. Or telling the offenses. They were very stoic pride and because of that, they probably didn't spend a whole lot of pondering or thinking time in trying to figure out why is this bothering me so much that this woman is in his life because she's Mexican. No, not necessarily. Maybe that's what you're hanging your hat on, but perhaps it's something else like he's coming to the girlfriend or the wife and telling her and the girlfriend or the wife is relaying the information and the mom is suddenly kind of out in the cold on the topic. Could that be it? And if it is, would that change how we feel about them? If it is true, would that change how we approach them? Would that generate a conversation? Could that open up a new avenue of dialogue? So this is how it works in my brain. (laughs) You're welcome for the visit tour. (laughs) But then there's a real seriousness to this. And that is, do we mend the bridges? Do we know how to mend the bridges? Do we, you know, what do we do? I will tell you that that division, that division left us not talking almost our entire marriage together. And She still harbors hard feelings, um, as do some of the kids, most, most of the kids, most of his relatives. And it's because we're taking on the same culture that mom is teaching each other or the husband is teaching, um, or the dad we're taking on that same culture. And, and did we ask are, is, are any of the kids going, Hey mom, what is your real problem? Well, when she was 16, she, you know, she, she was stupid and, you know, she did stupid things and her parents had problems with her. If that were the case, did, did they find that? Well, you know, we're a little past that. Does anybody ask those questions? That would do an enormous amount of insight building in order to understand and try and resolve. The other thing is you've got to check your own heart. Is your heart wanting it to be something different? Does your heart want to know a different story? Is your heart willing to to consider that maybe, maybe she was not as diabolical as you thought or I am not as diabolical as they think? Are we willing to do that? And not everybody is. But you've got to be willing to look at it and ask or you have constant division. So why is it so common? it's because we get these stories in our head of the way it was the factual way it was and then we never let that story go there's no space for forgiveness there's no space for another idea there's no space to find out oh maybe i was wrong there so as i've grown as i've matured as i've learned the conflict resolution skills as i've put into play the savage theory of resolution as I've used and understood and been duly humbled <laughs> on my own, having nothing to do with in-laws, have I, having been duly humbled on how maybe I make a lot of assumptions um, of others in an argument, I've had to go back. So in the last seven years, and I don't know. remember, it was in the last seven years, but I don't remember when, could have been five years ago. Um, I thought to myself, hmm, I need to figure this out. I need to put this into play. I need to, I understand resolution. What am I going to do about it? It's the same question. You know, I understand resolution and I have divided in-laws. I understand resolution and I'm working a, a custody case. I have my, an understanding of resolution and And is there something we can do before you actually decide to divorce? These are all things that resolution helps. So as I was pondering the changes that resolution had done for me, I got this thing and I realized, you know, when we divided, we were in our early twenties, um, and things were not good. Um, And it was just the feeling that was not good. So given all this new information, and I'm not saying it's factual or not, but just being given the idea of, could the story be different? Is there a chance it's different? Did I make a lot of assumptions based upon what she said? Is what she said the actual reality? Then I realized, huh, you know, there's been a lot of years that they've been apart and it was all anchored in me. Real or perceived, it was still anchored in me. Now, she did tell me she had wished he had married some other gal that went to the same church. Um, she had wished he should have married her. And, you know, that was all warm and fuzzy for me, right? <laughs> that doesn't build up any animosity. Anyway, but regardless, we, do we do that as parents? to our kids. Do we come up with their ideal spouse, what they need, who we think they should be with versus who they think should, they should be with? Do we ever do that? Absolutely. Holy cow. So during this, whenever this happened, um, I realized, huh, whether I liked it or not, I was kind of the, the pivot of the reason why him and his mom divided. I was the pivot For her reason to be angry, I was the pivot. Is it real? I have no idea. doesn't really matter. For her, I was the reason. And I thought, huh, that's probably not good. How much has she missed out on? I would listen to my husband every once in a while. He would say, the only thing I regret about not talking to my parents is them not knowing our children, them not knowing how awesome and incredible our children are their grandchildren for them not to know out of all the things that was hurting my husband it was that it's almost like his pride you know he he couldn't show them what he felt he had accomplished maybe um and they are amazing people and you and we do feel so fortunate to be in their life in their lives But that was the point. And I really had to sit and become very soulful. And if you're fair in resolution, you become very truthful. And those were the realities. The realities were, I don't know what her real story was. I don't know why she had so much angst against me. I don't, you know, there were foolish things that I did. I I was multicultural. um, But was that it? I don't think so. I don't think that's the whole story. Knowing as a, a grown woman now, I can't believe that that's the only part of the story. I just think it was part of the story that worked. And it was true. I was multicultural and she didn't understand the culture and, 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 and. and. So I decided I would call. I knew that there was a sister. His sister was on Facebook. I reached out to her private message and then I said, can I have the phone number to your mother? And she gave it to me willingly, which was crazy. Um, but she gave it to me willingly. Well, interestingly enough, that sister had married a Polynesian. And so she was probably not as intimidated by the culture um, at all. She lives on the islands, which that is a whole new, a whole other dynamic. I don't know why she gave it to me. I can make those assumptions, but she did. I was grateful for it. So I reached out to the mom and. I called her and I said, Hey, this is Carleen. (laughs) I'm wondering if you would like to have a relationship with your son. And I didn't know how to do it. Maybe I did it really crappy. Maybe that was just horrible way. That's the only way I knew how to do it. And in resolution, sometimes that's it. You just say what you need to say and you say it awkwardly. Well, So she was quiet. I think she was completely stunned. Of course, me out of the blue, it had been 20 something years and, or more. (laughs) Anyway, she said very sharply, why are you doing this now? Now that could be met with that same 16 year old, 20 year old that goes, oh, you haven't changed a bit. Or I could be true to the resolve. And the resolve was, I didn't know her story. And maybe I didn't need to know her story. But I know that I was the anchor that divided things for them. And I didn't want to be anymore. Once I decided that, I responded with, because I'm older now, I'm more mature, and I think you should have a relationship with your son if you want it. And she kind of stumbled over her words a little bit or her breath, uh, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And then she said, well, yes, I would. And I said, okay. I said, and I, and I kind of did small talk, which she probably didn't hear a word because it was all panic. I'm, sh- I'm confident it was all panic because I was nervous. I'm confident she was nervous. Um, but not necessarily about me. She was probably cycling through all of the resentment and the hurt and the pain and all the things that she saw that I had caused doesn't matter. I was being true to the resolve and knowing your intent in a conflict is very important because you can get sidelined and sideswiped, and you can blindside people. If you say your intent is something, And then your conversation goes to something else. So my conversation could have gone to, well, I want to know what the real problem was. You know, you know that I'm not Hispanic. It could have gone to that. Was that the resolve I was looking for? No. So being true to the resolve, to knowing your intent in a conflict is so critical so I said to her, um, what I would like to do is if you're open to it, I'd like to get you two on the phone right now. He has no idea that I called you. I'm going to have to check with him, but I'd really like to see what I can do to bring you two together. And so no joke, you guys, can you believe this? <clears throat> I went into my husband who happened to be in the bedroom at the time, uh, it's that moment, right? Oh, what have I done? He could get crazy, mad at me. I don't know. And again, checking my intention. I, you know, I could totally fumble this and he could get totally pissed off at me and say, What did you do? Why did you do that? And I'd have to get on the phone and eat that one. And I'd have to take the verbal lashing because if it didn't land well. But what I did is I went in the bedroom. And no joke, I got down on my knee because he was sitting on the edge of the bed, but I got down on my knees and I kneeled in front of him, not like I, as in I'm bowing before him, but that's where he was looking. He was looking down. And so I kneeled down and I said, hey, I did something and I don't know how you're going to react. And you can do or not do. This is totally up to you. I can move this needle I can just say that we're busy right now. Whatever you need, I will, I'm going to follow through with, but I want you to know I I kind of did something. What'd you do? And so I told him, I called your mom. You what? (laughs) Can you see that? Oh my gosh. You what? And I said, I called your mom and I said, look, I know that some of the ways that she treated me was was wrong, but I think you two deserve an opportunity to have a relationship and a relationship of your own. And he said, you know, it took a minute and he said, oh, okay, well, and I said, she's on the phone. If you'd like to talk to her, if not, I will. I will tell her that you're busy and we can't do it right now, but maybe schedule, or if you're not up to it, I'll take the I'll take the hit and I don't have a problem doing that. Um, well, long story short, they ended up getting on the phone, but here's the new thing. The new thing is, is that they haven't talked in forever. So they've lost that edge. They've lost that relationship. They've lost, she doesn't know his history. He doesn't know her history. Has there been, have there been issues? What does that look like? Ah, there's so many things. And that That is a casualty of time. That is a casualty of emotional and, uh, distance and conflict that you let ride on and on and on and you don't reconcile. So they have a relationship where they text, they don't talk on the phone. I think he's talked to her maybe once. Um, but it's all I can do right now. It's all I can do to help reconcile the situation. And I tried texting her a couple times. And of course she ignored my texts. Um, but you know, I, and I told my husband about that and I said, but it doesn't matter. She doesn't ever have to talk to me if she doesn't want to. I'm okay with that. I don't know what her story was, is. I don't know why she still can harbor those feelings. A- and, and it's not mine to worry about that that is finding resolution. How do you get there? You do some of these skills of the world's best problem solvers. And I'm, I'm not trying to turn this episode into a commercial. That's not the point. But the point is, that's why it works. Because you learn the skills in order to break through your own agenda, your own stuff. It doesn't matter whether she ever wants a relationship. It doesn't matter whether she likes or dislikes me. It doesn't matter what she says or what she believes about me or my culture or who I am or my intentions. It doesn't matter. What matters is my intention was, huh, a mom and her son. That, that needs to not be about me. Now, I'm old enough now that I get it and I do it. But it's just a thought. The thought is there are, there are things that have to break and it's hard. It's hard to let that happen when your kids move out, when your kids start kindergarten, when they go to school all day, when they have their first date, these are all pivotal moments. So when you bring somebody in, like somebody you're going to marry, wouldn't that make sense? Isn't that just something that makes sense? So that's my share at the end of the day, his mom is a wonderful woman. She is. She loved her family. She loves her family. She is a doting grandma to one of her grandsons. It's amazing. And she she is such a traditional, um, fabulous. If you want a traditional mom where you have certain meals on certain days where where she has certain traditions. Those are fabulous. Do you know that's a lost art? That's my mom in law. And she is a good woman. I don't want anything in this episode to be mis- misunderstood. I don't know how she feels about me. It doesn't feel or seem like it's a positive, but it doesn't really matter. I am grateful that she has a relationship or she has the opportunity to create a relationship with her son. I regret that she saw me as an adversary at some point or still, and I wish it could have been different, but I believe these, some of these things that I've shared are some of the reasons why it's so common for in-laws not to get along. Today's a great day to just ask.